coming to you live from Race City, USA. It's Blind Spotting, the NASCAR podcast from a fresh, personal, and blue collar take. Race reviews, race previews, the latest news, and more. And now, your hosts, Michael Colbert, Andrew Coates, and Travis Sherry. Welcome back for another episode of Blind Spotting. It is episode 46, and we are ready for Martinsville, baby. It is Martinsville week, and we have none other than Clay Campbell, president of Martinsville Speedway and Mid-Atlantic president of NASCAR, joining us today. Wonderful interview. It's going to be awesome. We're super excited for that. So we're going to have that interview Then we're going to go through news, we're going to do a recap of Texas, Kansas, and then take a look at what we might see at Martinsville this coming weekend. So, whoo, it's Halloween, it's going to get spooky and scary, or there's going to be a bunch of goblins coming out on the track at Martinsville, we're going to find out. And we'll get into that right after our interview, so without further delay, this is our interview with Mr. Clay Campbell. We are very fortunate to be joined by Mr. Clay Campbell, president of Martinsville Speedway and also Mid-Atlantic president of NASCAR, so he wears a lot of different hats, and he is joining us this week as we lead into the races in Martinsville to determine the final four in all three series. Mr. Campbell, thank you so much for joining us. It's so great to have you with us on Blind Spotting this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I look forward to talking with you guys. It's a great time for us. It's race week, so you know, I love talking about Martinsville, so let's do it. Let's do it. Well, for fans that are coming this weekend, and we are we are in that group. We're fortunate enough and been excited to, uh, to be able to come, and last year we weren't able to, but thankfully this year the things have changed a bit and more folks can come, and, and we are excited to be part of the group on this weekend. So for fans that are coming to Martinsville this weekend, besides the awesome racing and hot dogs that we know are available at Martinsville, what else can fans expect when they come to the races, whether they're coming to the truck race, the Xfinity race, or the cup race on Sunday? What what can they be expecting this weekend that's a little different in Martinsville? Yeah, well, well I'll tell you, Michael, it, it, it's something that, that we put a lot of effort into. We want people, when they come to an event here at Martinsville, to have something to do basically once they get out of their vehicle in the parking lot until they get back in it when they leave. So we, we try to program things all over the property. And this weekend is a prime example. Friday night, we start with a concert in the campground. Our campground opened you know, this past Saturday. So we've had people on property since Saturday, and they're spending the week with us. But we, we'll give those folks a concert Friday night. Saturday, is, as we all know, it's Halloween weekend. So we're not going to, we're not going to ignore that. A lot of things planned for the kids. We've got they can stop by the, the NASCAR Kids Zone down there and pick up a bag of treats. Uh, we're going to do some trick or treating, tracker treating. Let me change that. Tracker oh, treating. Oh, tracker treating. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, pumpkin carving and costumes and things like that. So you know, we've got a, a lot of young kids with us this weekend. So that, that's cool. We've got a couple of stages with programming all weekend long. You know, we got DJs, got music, got uh, driver appearances, just a lot of things like that. Sunday. On our pre-race experience, we'll have, and we've already sold out and capped it at 3,000. We'll have 3,000 people down on the racetrack Sunday morning for pre-race experience. So it's just going to be a really festive weekend for the national anthem on Sunday. We've got the North Carolina State Marching Band, uh, which they've been here before, and they do an awesome job. So it, it's just a lot of things that 
besides the racing, which that's what draws everybody here. But besides that, there are, there are a lot of things to see and do while you're here. Absolutely. You're going to have the Wolfpack Marching Band there on Sunday? Absolutely. The power yes. sound of the South. Absolutely. I went it. to NC State. That's exciting. That's that's <laughs> so reason enough for me. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. And we, we are bringing our kids, and they are excited about the trick-or-treating or the, the track-or-treating. And so we got yes. that email a few weeks ago, so they're excited to dress up and be a part of that. So I think that's an awesome thing for you guys to do, and you guys are always trying to make it fun for the fans. And as fans, we really, really appreciate that. I'm joined this morning by Andrew Coates and Travis Sherrill, my two co-hosts. And the next question is going to come from Travis Sherrill. So, Travis, go right ahead. Yeah, Clay, thanks for joining us. I wanted to ask you, Martinsville Speedway has been a part of your life. Your family has owned the track since its inception. <laughs> What is it that makes Martinsville Speedway such a popular destination for NASCAR fans? I mean, the racing is just second to none, and it's one of our favorite destinations to go to a race. Yeah, Travis, I think I think you can look back since this was this track was built by my, by my grandfather in 1947, so that predated NASCAR, and it's been with NASCAR from the very beginning. So I like to say when you come through the gates, and, and you guys may have experienced it, once you come through the gates here, you, you can almost feel the presence of all the, the greats that have been a part of the sport from, from basically day one. You know, you, you look back, all the, the great drivers that have run here, won here. So you, you kind of feel that, that past, that history and tradition. You can see what we have now. So you see the current and you can also get a glimpse into the future. So we, you know, from from the beginning, we've kind of, well, especially now, we kind of walk a tightrope on how do you maintain that history and still continue to grow and, and innovate and and change things up to, to match today's era. And it's not easy, but I think we've done a pretty good job at it. And I think that's that's the appeal. It's it's old style racing. Like you say, it's it's second to none short track uh just hard tough racing uh you won't find a short track like this anywhere in the country there are there are plenty of half mile tracks but one shape like this you won't find so it's got a unique style of racing that that really puts on good shows and that's what that's what brings the fans here but i think to answer your question travis that's that's it it's just a blend of the old and the new and and i'll make a, a point there it's odd that we're the oldest track on the circuit, but we have the newest technology with lights. Right. We're the only track on the circuit that has LED lights. So, you know, we mix that old with the new. So I wanted to, you kind of you kind of opened the door for me there, and I want to ask you this, uh, more maybe putting your NASCAR hat on than your Martinsville hat. So mm-hmm. a few years ago, we got to be part of that special Jeff Gordon's last win. He makes it to Homestead, but we were sitting in mm-hmm. turn three, and we couldn't really see turn one very well, right? <laughs> And I know right. you guys put lights in. Well, we just had a situation at Talladega where we had weather, and, and, and you can't do anything about that, but there's no lights. And I understand the cost of putting lights around a two and two-third mile speedway. But should NASCAR consider asking tracks in the playoffs to, to put lights in? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good question, and luckily one that I don't have to I don't have to determine. <laughs> right, <laughs> but, right. You know, it it is, and and you mentioned the Jeff Gordon win. That's precisely why we put lights in here. Mm-hmm. We said, you know, we can't we can't put ourselves in this position again to be at this stage of the year in in the playoffs. And at that time, it was a chase, I guess, and finish a race due to darkness. You know, if if we'd had one more caution, it would have been over. 
right that, that that's how close it was and you know that but it's a it's a tough predicament to be in you're right you can't do anything with the weather right again it would be it's a it's a humongous task to light a place like Talladega so I don't you know I don't know the answer you know maybe an earlier start where you mm-hmm. don't run into that part of the day I don't know there there are numerous numerous ways you can you can think this thing through but it does make it difficult when you're it's so significant to get these races done being in the playoff and you know to to have one come that close to to darkness it's it it puts everybody in a difficult position but you know I'm sure that that NASCAR will figure figure things out working with the tracks and that that one unfortunately obviously that's the biggest track we've got right other than road courses that's you, right you wouldn't do that but that that's a that's a predicament for sure well thank you for you know going down that road with us we weren't trying to look for anything that was controversial no, no, but it's definitely a, a current topic for sure well i want to uh, dive back into martinsville you guys the track your family everybody that works at the racetrack it's been an integral part of the martinsville community for for decades um even during covid you guys were a testing site uh you've had so many food drives toy drives it, the list goes on so why are you so passionate about the Martinsville community as a whole, and just kind of talk about some of the things that you do in the community besides the work at the racetracks. Yeah, well, number one, this is where we are. We're in Martinsville and Henry County. So, you know, people don't think about it, but it takes us, eh, I think we've got about 2,500 people working this weekend to put this race on. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. And mm-hmm. and most of them most of them are local. You want to be a good corporate citizen and and we do that. So, you know, I can remember years ago when it, it would be race time and, and people in the community would say, Oh, it's the races are coming into town this weekend, we're gonna get the heck out of Dodge. And, you know, they vacate, they're gone. Right. That has that and and I said then I want to fix that. We we need to cor- correct it. And we've done a 180 degree turn on that. People are welcoming our crowds in. They realize the the tax dollars that this place means to the community. That we you know that they've got to stay in motels. They they buy gas. They go to to the to the grocery stores and things like that. So it it's big. It's like two Super Bowls in a small community like mm-hmm. Henry County. So that yeah. that's pretty pretty good. But we want to you know we can't do it without the support of our local community. So we do everything we can to help them. Uh, you mentioned it. We actually, we're doing a food drive tomorrow night, giving away a thousand boxes of, of fresh food to those in need of it. So that's just one thing that we're partnering with the organization called God's Pit Crew. And we did that last year, went over really well. We do a Christmas toy drive. We've done that for about 20 years now. And I can't even tell you how many toys we've collected in that time period and and cash. We do a 4th of July celebration that is totally free to the community. We have a top name entertainer. We've got a 25-minute fireworks show, rides for the kids. It's just a, a great night to give back to the community. In fact, we just hosted the Henry County Fair during the week of our Valley Star Credit Union 300 a few weeks ago. Oh, exciting! Uh, first time the yeah, the first time the fair has been back in uh, since I was a kid, really. <laughs> uh, so we hosted that on our property the same week as the race. That was that was really cool to have that going at the same time. But there's so many things that we do. You know, we have charity walks and things of that nature going on all the time. I think the most of our people here in the office and the administration part of the the business here serve on community boards, chamber of commerce, 
community college, the hospital, uh, YMCA, things of that nature. So it, it's important to me. Years ago, this place was the, the furniture and, and sweatshirt capital of the world. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, we know what, what all happened with, with that. So I don't care where you go in the country or the world, for that matter, if you mention somebody says, where are you from? Uh, from Martinsville. Oh, that's where the races are. Right. Well, that makes us feel good. We, yeah. you know, we we have a, a significant presence in the community, and it's important to me. Always has been, and always will be. We had Scott Cooper on from SMI a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. he was kind of joking that people always ask him, "What do y'all do the other fifty weeks of the year?" Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> and and it's obviously you guys kinda are like preachers. Busy. You only work on Sunday. That's exactly <laughs> right. And my dad was one, and it, and people wondered like, "What does he do the other six days?" Yeah, so right. we, we appreciate uh, we appreciate you giving us that insight into you know what you guys do and some of the the good work and charity that you're doing, Travis. Clay, I wanted to ask you. You've got a double header this weekend with the trucks and the Xfinity series on Saturday. As a track promoter. Do you like those? I mean, obviously it's great for the fans. You know, kids get in free on Saturday. And then on top of that, how do you promote a spring race and then a playoff race differently? Actually, the spring and the fall, we don't – we put as much effort in in one as we do the other. Mm. Now, with this race coming up, obviously it's playoff for all three. So there are a lot of things that happen for this event that – that we don't do. In, in other words, it, it, a lot of it takes care of itself. There's so much hype and, and focus on the playoffs, the final four. So we get a, a lot of bleed over that, that, you know, it, it just comes with the territory of being in this position of the year. But as far as what we do, it, it's the same. We spend the same amount of money in the spring as we do the fall and vice versa. So we promote both of them the same. Kind of like, you know, you've got some races, some tracks with two races, maybe one could be a 400 one could be a 500 and and i go on what my grandfather did years ago he said both of our races are the are as important as the other one's important as the other we're going to make them the same why are you going to take away from one of them so both of them are 500 laps so we we actually approach things the same way but we we get a lot of a lot of benefit by being the the penultimate race for all three and that that makes it special in the fall now your question on the the double header it's pretty cool to have the double header for our operations folks it's a logistical nightmare yes yeah Yeah, i can imagine especially for us i mean you you have a a super speedway where you could have all the transporters and everything in there at the same time that's not as bad but we've got a lot of movement going on Mm -hmm. this weekend just making this thing work and that's fine i mean you go to a fine restaurant you don't really want to go in the kitchen to see how that stuff is made (laughs) you might not want to eat well, fans don't need to, to know all of the, the logistics and the things that we go through to make this thing happen. Uh, as long as we can make it happen and they see what they pay for, that's all that matters. Absolutely. And you guys make it work very seamlessly. We were up in the there in the spring, and there was a little bit of rain there. But, you know, we, we mm-hmm. came and we stayed in Greensboro for the night. We live in Mooresville, but we didn't want to drive all the way. Not that it's far. Yeah. But we came yeah. and went a few times that weekend. But it wasn't, you know, it. we, we saw all the haulers coming in and out. And it. And, but the race itself, and kudos to you guys for doing that at night. That was, And we only got a few laps in that night. Yeah. But it was great. And I hope that you guys do try to do that more in the future. That was very exciting for fans. But it was just... As much of a pain in the rear that must have been for you guys, it didn't come across that way to us, the fans, yeah. and it was just a really good experience, even even with the rescheduling for us. So, you know, from our end, 
it was great. It was still a really good experience. So we appreciate well, all good. the effort that you put into it and your staff puts into making it like that. Um, Andrew, do you have another question for him? Just for fans that haven't gotten their tickets this weekend, I know you talked about the 3,000s already sold out for the pit road experience or the inside the track experience on Sunday. Are there other packages or other things that, you know, we want to definitely promote that, you know, kids free on, on Saturday. And, and if you want value from, you know, a ticket, getting it on Saturday or Sunday with the amount of entertainment that you're going to get. But are there any packages or any other things that you'd like to, to talk about in terms of ticket availability and, and, you know, what fans can look forward to or if they haven't purchased their tickets? Yeah, well, the main thing is just just give us a call or, or go online and uh, and pick out your seats. Most of the packages you mentioned the kids deal and and that will that will remain the same. Our ticket prices are the same. There's still good seats available, and as three of you know, it's it's not really a bad seat in the house it's wherever not, you sit. Yeah. You, you got a you got a good view. We've you know we've got this is sold out, but I'm going to mention it anyway. We've got a new experience called the brake pad. That's over in turn three. Oh. Uh, it's it, it's a really cool experience and obviously there's a reason it's called the brake pad it's, it's right it's the only experience we have that's right down on the track it's not like a suite or the sky deck where you're you know up in the clouds this is right down on the track they're going by at 100 miles an hour going into turn three and you can see the brakes glowing but it's that's awesome. you know, it's pretty neat you, you grandstand seats with the drink rail you got tables and umbrellas and chairs on the back row bar stools covered area with couches and chairs it's just a, a really cool deal that we we came up with we had the area to do it and we said you know let's do something different everything you know being it being in a suite is really really nice but you don't get the sensation of speed that's right the sound the vibration the smell that you would on the brake pad. So we're excited about that, but we're always trying to do something different for the fans. And you know, like I said, that sold out in less than two weeks. Mainly just, just give us a call or go online at martinsvillespeedway.com and, and come to the race this weekend. I guarantee it's going to be, as as Junior said, it's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, that's. I've got one more question for you, and then we're going to have Michael mm-hmm. just uh, do his rapid fire that he does with all of our guests, and then we'll turn you loose because I know you've got a busy all week. Right. In the 90s, when I first started coming up there, and I'll be honest, I, I first went up to Martinsville because Wilkesboro closed. And mm-hmm. uh, if Wilkesboro had still been open, I think I'd still be coming to Martinsville. It's such a great facility. But back in those days, about every 45 minutes, you could see the train come right behind yeah. the backstretch. How did that get moved? Did, did you guys approach the railway? Or was <laughs> like, like that's a, not a small project. How, how did that happen back in the late 90s, early 2000s? How did that railway get mm-hmm. moved? Well, now you hit the nail on the head. That's not a small project. And yes, we were the ones that went to the railroad and said, hey, we need to talk about moving this thing because mm-hmm. we need to expand the grandstand. And and they were receptive, although working with the railroad is difficult because they have so many restrictions and right. safety protocols and on and on and on. But yeah, we got it moved. It was not an easy project. I say we got it moved. They moved it. Right. Uh, we paid for it. <laughs> I was gonna say you uh, paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> we paid for it. Yeah. You know that that was such a, a tough year getting that thing relocated, and they were great to work with. But it was it was a long project. I think my son was I don't know he was a he was a youngster at that time. I wouldn't buy him a, a, an electric train set for Christmas because I didn't want to hear anything about a train. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. You've got one right down the road, son. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. You want to you you see a train, I'll, I'll drive you over there and show it to you. But we got it moved, and 
you know, if if you remember now, we have the Champions Overlook, which That's is right. a luxury motorhome spot for you can pull right up there and watch the race from your motorhome. So that's, yeah, that's it, what we did with it. It's a and what it gave you guys flexibility wise on the backstretch is really really neat. You know, and like you say that that brake zone and the the motorhome lot, and it's just you know it's much more walkable back over there, and mm-hmm. uh, it's really it's 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 really well done. All right, we're gonna let you go right after this last question. Okay, let's try. Okay. you have another question for Mr. Campbell? No, I I just the only thing I wanted to say is I didn't know if you wanted to take a second and promote your twenty two schedule. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited about that. April the ninth for the Cup Series, so we've got that. Actually, we talked about it a little bit a minute ago with uh, what you experienced here in the spring this year under the lights or tried to be under the lights. Same thing next year. We'll have actually it'll be trucks on Thursday night, Xfinity on Friday night, Cup on Saturday night, all three under the lights. Uh, So we're excited about that. In the fall, it's going to be the same basically the same as we've got now we've got one more announcement to make so i will leave leave that one behind the curtain for the time being but it's it's going to be exciting we will still be the penultimate race for the cup and, and we're excited about that same weekend obviously a day different but uh, we're looking forward to that again our our huge nascar late model stock event the valley star credit union 300 uh it'll be the same weekend as it was this year something like september 25th or 6th but uh yeah it's going to be another another good schedule we're looking forward to that looking forward to winding up this year and and uh set our sights on 2022 all right thanks so much all right this is what i like to call our green white checkered our our blind spotting overtime so these are just off the wall quick answer you can choose to not answer them (laughs) Just whatever you want to do. They're just some of them are yes/no questions. Some of them are okay. Okay. So the first question is: um, Team Harvick or Team Elliott? I'm I'm kidding. Don't don't answer that one. <laughs> Please don't don't answer. That. Okay. okay. I've always won't go there. I've always wanted to know, and maybe I'm just ignorant. Who lives in that big house up on the hill behind the track? The two houses on top of the campground. Yes. Yes. Actually, they were built years ago. One was mine. One was my sister. And obviously, both of us have been going from there a long time. Right now, they're the Speedway owns them, and oh, we house okay. our visiting, our visiting executives, our operations people from other tracks. So it's kind of a bed and breakfast without the breakfast. Okay, nice. <laughs> I've often wondered what. Yeah, we I, stare I, at it every time, time like, from the front stretch. I love, I love yeah. that house. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> living in that? Yeah. So okay, that was the first question. All right, next question: How do you like your hot dog, Clay? Uh, no onions. Everything but onion. Me too. Me too. I, Twinsies. Thank, yes. All right. Yep. Favorite track other than Martinsville. Favorite track other than Martinsville. Hmm. Well, since I've been in this sport so long, and it meant so much to me when I was a kid, it has to be Daytona. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. That's a good one. All right. I'm gonna roll this last one in, and this is kind of a overtime. Overtime. You were a racer yourself, so you've raced with a lot of folks. You've been around the sport for a long time. You've known a lot of people. You're on the board. You're, you have a vote at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Obviously, you're well-respected throughout the sport. If you had 15 minutes to spend with, with anybody that you've come across, anybody that you maybe didn't get a chance to spend time with, and just got 15 minutes with anybody, who would that be? In racing? In life. In life. Anything in life. In like. life. Oh, gosh. That's a tough question. Yep. 
because <laughs> anybody I want to spend 15 minutes with, they may not want to spend, spend 15 with you. minutes with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> well, if you want to just limit it to racing, if that's, that's easier, fine. yeah, that's okay. That's fine. Well, and I've done this plenty of times and a lot more than 15 minutes, but I always enjoy my time with Richard Petty. Oh, I mean, in, in my opinion, he is he is a class act. There's a reason they call him the king, mm-hmm. and always have. So I, I cherish the time I spend with Richard. That's awesome. That's we've awesome. asked that we've asked that question of a lot of people, and I believe you're the first one that yeah. said Richard Petty. Yep. And it seems like it'd be an obvious answer, but you know, I think that a lot of people don't get to spend time with him. And if you do, I imagine you want to spend more and more and more. It's kind of like yeah. a bag yeah. of Doritos. Our number actually he and Dale Inman. Usually it's both of them, he and Dale Inman. Yeah. And yeah. man, I think the world of both of them. Because uh, I go back when I was a kid and, and you know, I had pictures with him when I when he was in Victory Lane. I was sitting sure. on his lap, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they call him the king. He treated me like a king and he didn't need to. I was a nobody right. kid, but that's the way he is. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank thank you so much for being candid. And you gave us extra time, which and, we apologize. We realized yeah. we ran over. So thank no, you so much. It. This is uh, well. Thank you. This has been great. We we always love our Martinsville weekends. We've been coming up there for years, and mm-hmm. we come to both races, both races. And you guys put yep. on a great not only show on the track, but it's it's easy for fans. It's fun for fans. There's a lot to do in a small little space. So uh, good luck this well, week I as you guys it. do all the logistics and do that doubleheader on Saturday and. Um, We'll be looking forward to seeing you guys up there this weekend. Thank you very much. And if you see me, you know, grab me. Okay. I, I won't, right. I won't you won't recognize guys, so. I don't know <laughs> if you'll be in Blue, Blue yeah. Ridge Tower, Section M, row 57, 56, seats <laughs> right. 9 through 14. But if you are, <laughs> we'll save you a seat and a beer. <laughs> you can go on up and have a seat with us. And I want to thank Brent Sounds Gamble good. also for, for helping us arrange uh, this with you. So, Brent, thank you if you're listening. Um, I know you guys work closely together. So, great staff there. It's been really, really wonderful having you, Clay. And uh, great success. Uh, best wishes for this weekend. I know things are going to going to be great. We look forward to being part of it. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. Right. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you, Clay. See you. Well, that was everything we expected and more. We got to spend. We thought we were going to get 15 minutes, but we got about 25 with Mr. Campbell, and that was super. A lot, lot of talk about Martinsville, a lot of talk about what we might see in the future at Martinsville. We got into a few questions about the, the folks in Henry County, and uh, just just a great interview. So, seems like a great guy. That's the first time we've ever gotten to spend time or speak with Mr. Campbell. And just a really down-to-earth guy who is obviously passionate about his track, uh, his family's history in the sport, and the very big footprint, very important footprint that Martinsville, Martinsville Speedway has on that community. As he mentioned, it's like the Super Bowl twice every year in Martinsville and Henry County. And uh, that was obvious in the interview. So we really appreciate the time that he spent with us and uh, just really special. What did you guys think of that? Oh, it's great. It's always great to, to talk Martinsville. It's, if you've never been, it's the spot to go. It is by far my favorite racetrack. So no offense to Bristol or Daytona, but nothing beats Martinsville. Yeah, it's just the, the, the setting, the, the beautiful hills of Virginia. I forgot to, I forgot to thank him, and this is something that, that's very unique to Martinsville. After the races, when you have tickets, there's an email that comes out from Clay Campbell and I know it goes out to everybody, but it's, it's something that other tracks don't do. It's a you know a couple of sentences, him thanking you for coming to the race, if there's anything we can do to improve, and it's signed Clay Campbell. And that's 
really cool. You don't get that anywhere else. But it's it's unique. It's a family-owned track, NASCAR sanctioned, obviously. But you know, there's a there's a bit more of that personal touch. It feels like when you go to Martinsville. So that was exciting. All right, moving on to news. This is actually happening today. We're we're recording this on Tuesday. You might not be hearing it until later in the week. But today at Bowman Gray Stadium in Winston-Salem, Tony Stewart, Dale Jr., and Clint Boyer will be testing next-generation cars, or I guess Gen 7, whatever you want to call it, at Bowman Gray today. Now, why are they doing that? Because that's a quarter-mile short track inside of a football stadium. And where might we see that in a few weeks or a few months? That's right, Los Angeles at the Clash. So the purpose for this testing today is, there's, it's multifaceted. They're trying to collect data because iRacing, and they're going to put together some data to try to build the track in L.A., which is going to be a temporary track, and they're going to be collecting data as Stewart is driving that car at Bowman Gray Stadium this morning. I think they'll also be collecting data from Clint Boyer and Dale Jr., but one of the things that I read, they want to be in the car and driving it so they can talk about it on their broadcast. And I'm sure we'll hear a bit about that this weekend as they're, as well as Dale Jr. is broadcasting. Clint Boyer will not be because he's part of Fox. Fox right. But he'll be able to talk about that. Who's got the clash? Is it Fox or is it NBC? Fox, I'm assuming. Yeah, it'll be Fox. So, yeah, so they're just, they want to both be informed, and I'm sure they're going to be able to give data, useful data on and, and we all hope that comes across and it goes off well. And I'm talking about the clash. So they're trying to do it the right way. Another test that's coming up in November at Wythe Raceway in rural Retreat, Virginia. That is a dirt track. I think it's a quarter or half mile. And they'll be testing the next-gen car there also. I think Stewart may be doing that one as well. I'm not 100% on that. But the reasons for that test on November the 16th is to collect data to improve the Bristol dirt race. Because remember last year, sorry, this year in 2021, it's the current car, but they're going to be doing the dirt race again in the spring with the next-gen car, and they want to kind of see how that behaves on dirt. So that's coming up and in it, November. And if you're wondering why Tony Stewart's doing it, I'm assuming, you know, typically when we go to a new track or we put out a new tire, NASCAR randomly pulls a couple of teams and drivers. You know, you've seen that with Kurt Busch and Martin Truex and things like that with the next-gen car. I'm assuming that for both of these, they don't want anybody to have extra data ahead of the clash. And so they're now one could argue Stuart Haas is going to have that data, but Tony doesn't sit in the race car anymore. So it, it does give an advantage to the, the, the drivers that go do that kind of testing. So uh, I'm guessing that's why they have smoke and two retired booth guys doing it because they they'll give feedback, but it won't be something that, that puts them in advantage against their competitors. Right. Yeah, that's that's exactly why uh, those two guys are doing it. And actually, Tony is going to be helping Goodyear formulate the tire in the morning session. And it's closed to the media. And it's closed to the media. And then in the afternoon, Clint and Dale Jr. are going to have an open test that will be open to the media. Not fans, but the media. So, you know, maybe later this afternoon, we may get some updates uh, if you follow Bob Pockris. Yeah, and I'm sure NBC and Fox are going to be tweeting out and whatever. So by the time you guys hear this, it probably will have already been old news, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, scheduling out for the next 10 years. So, ben, yeah, Ben Kennedy yeah, talk talked to Sports business, business Journal, I think, and said that they've already put together schedules all the way out through 2031. And that doesn't mean that they're set. 
But I think what's interesting about that is I think a lot of us feel like NASCAR started to put the schedule together about September of the year before it came out. And I know that's not true, but I think what Ben's probably trying to communicate there is, is NASCAR is trying to be extremely forward looking. We've seen a lot of changes in the last couple of years of the schedule. I think they're, they're wanting to make sure that the, the series doesn't get tired and, and old. And we'll talk about that, the perception of that here in a minute. Uh, when it comes to comparing to F1, which I think is a bit unfair. But Travis, any thoughts on the schedule? Uh, my only thing is that, A, NASCAR wants to take the circus, you might call it, back to Canada, back to Mexico maybe, maybe even overseas, to broaden the horizon of fans that they have, not just here in the U.S., but all over the world. And then my other thought is, Ben also said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, underperforming racetracks may lose dates. And I think the last two weeks, you're looking at a couple of them in Kansas and Texas that might be on that list. Well, Texas can't lose another date unless, I mean, maybe they would. But, you know, what I'm saying? Kansas, I think, is definitely on the chopping block. We'll get into that, too. I wouldn't be surprised. I, they took Kentucky's loan date. Yeah. I, you know. You're right. We'll, we'll see. And Chicago was the same way. So we'll we'll see what happens there, but you know it's going to be interesting. We know we know next year's schedule, and they've already come out and said that 2023 is going to feature more changes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, a couple of things. Speaking of schedule, you know, one of the, the discussions you have 400,000 people in Austin, but that was a one-time deal with F1. You had the Netflix excitement with the drive to what is it called? Drive to. Uh, Drive I think it's just called Drive. Yeah, something like that. I don't drive know. to Survive. That's yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, which Max Verstappen apparently pulled the curtain back a little bit and said, I'm not doing that. They make all those rivalries up. But don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. But the, the narrative was that, you know, Formula One is starting to surpass NASCAR in terms of popularity. I don't think there's, if you had 35 F1 races a year, you would pull in the number of fans that you pulled in for NASCAR. Uh, it was a spectacle. It was certainly good for Texas. It was good for, for Formula One. But I don't think that the, that NASCAR is, is second. I, I would even say IndyCar is ahead of Formula One in this country in terms of ratings and turnout and things like that. So if you asked the average layperson and you threw them 10 NASCAR names, 10 Formula One names, and 10 IndyCar names, I bet they knew more in the NASCAR group than anybody else. You guys have any thoughts on that? My only thought is that I don't know... I have a hard time getting excited for a series where the third place car finishes 42 seconds behind the leader. I think, is there something to it? Maybe. But I guarantee you when the television ratings come out later this week that NASCAR will still be ahead. Now, you can say 10 years ago NASCAR had 8.5 million people watching their races on television and now you know they're lucky to get 2 to 3 million. That's fair. But I still don't think NASCAR's in any danger of becoming obsolete. Obsolete. I, no, but I think it's good that Kennedy and those guys are looking at that and how oh, can absolutely. you how can you leverage one sport into the other? And and to be fair, NBC knew that this was going to be a challenge. They didn't part it on network. They had figure skating on. Yeah. Because they knew it wasn't going to compete against ABC and Formula One. So. Yeah. So, you know, that is what it is. Uh, the last thing we'll say about F1 at Coda, cool moment back in March, Zach Brown, who is uh, principal for McLaren F1, gave Daniel Ricciardo a die cast of Dale Earnhardt's 1984 Wrangler and said, if you win at Imola, Imola, Monza, 
you can drive the real thing. Well, Ricardo hadn't sniffed victory lane all year, but actually went out and won it. And then they yeah. let him drive motivation. Dale Earnhardt's uh, <clears throat> car at Coda. And what was interesting that when, when they asked Ricardo what it was like, and of course he already has a smile from ear to ear and somehow that got bigger. He said, I was really surprised at how well it handled. He said, the only thing is when it understeered, it took a lot more wheel input because the wheel's so much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. but, but he said, I was actually surprised at how much grip it had. And he said it, he said, but I can see how it's a completely different skill set. And if you watch the F1 race pre-race, uh, Danica Patrick actually did a very nice job of explaining the difference of racing a stock car versus racing an open wheel car and, and how you approach the corner and, and, and how you can exit the corner and, and how it's, it's a skill set that if you're a good driver, you can learn, but it's not one that obviously translates from one to the other. Yeah, and I, I I thought she did a good job, or I read that she had done a really nice job with that as well. So that's cool that he he got to drive that car. I'd love to drive that car. Tonight. Yeah, unfortunately, I'd probably wreck it. But uh, and he was doing donuts. He was doing the typical. Yeah, that was fun. You know, and and for those that don't know, Daniel Ricciardo is an Australian driver, and he grew up watching Dale Earnhardt. And when Formula One let them choose their own numbers a few years ago, he picked three for Dale Earnhardt, and he and Junior have been in contact a few times, and so uh, it's kind of a neat. A neat story, and it always kind of gives it gives Formula One sort of a tie back to the to the racing in the states. So, just I'm not I don't want to restart this for another 15 minutes, but to your Netflix point, um, and you're right, the Drive to Survive is a show. The Schumacher documentary was also very popular. Yeah, I enjoyed watching that. Uh, there's multiple shows. There's another show, Bad Sport. That's one of those stories. It's multiple stories, but one of those stories is is open wheel racing. So if you search through here, there's a lot, and just and this is just on Netflix, but multiple shows, open wheel racing-based shows. What's the one show that was on Netflix that was NASCAR-based? The Crew. The Crew. So let's let's take a look at that, and let's think about that NASCAR. Maybe some, and it, and it might be because Netflix isn't showing an interest in NASCAR, but... But there's a lot, a of, lot people, of platforms. There, there sure yeah. are. And do you realize the only, and I saw this somewhere, the last 30 for 30, or maybe the only 30 for 30 that was done on a specific specific driver in NASCAR, and it seems like there was more than this, was Tim Richmond. Mm-hmm. There was one on Dale Earnhardt. And I thought there was one on Jeff Gordon as well. There was. But there haven't been many. And the 30 for 30s, that was a long time ago, long time ago. And I think that's when David Poole's book came out on, on Richmond. But anyway... There's just a lot more exposure yes. to F1 and other open wheel pursuits than there is for NASCAR to just your, oh, I'm perusing Netflix. What looks interesting to me? There's a lot of F1 that hits you in the face, not a lot of NASCAR. So that's an opportunity for Well, and, and for I think they asked, they asked some drivers, and a lot of them said, less races. Yeah, less be. races make them more interesting. The, the flip side to that is, Make the races more interesting. So let's segue into Texas and Kansas. Oh, there's also the NASCAR Wives show. That's yeah. You know, if you're into that, but are those races over yet? I, I wasn't paying attention. I was a little bored. Yeah, they're they're they over. Are. Well, starting Kansas, the only thing that really made that race interesting was the wind. Yeah, it was blowing you know, guys into the turn two wall. Um, <laughs> playoff it guys, it did. Playoff yeah. guys had a lot of trouble. They you did. Know, Ryan Blaney. I mean, Blaney was sitting 30-something to the good, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then Austin Dillon got loose. Yep. Yeah, he did. Loose as a goose, and uh, up, he, up he went. But that's that's so, just a, a racing 
incident. But let's talk about Kyle Larson for for just a second. Here's a guy who picked up his ninth win of the year, his 15th career win overall. Do you know what he's done this year already with two races to go? Since NASCAR went to the 36-race schedule, Kyle Larson has led more laps than anybody. Since Jeff Gordon Since in 1995. Jeff Gordon in 2001. Whatever. And didn't when, when was the last time somebody won 10 races? It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, but the other thing that Larson... Because he's going to have to win Phoenix to get the title. He is. The other thing that Larson has done... He's the first driver since Dale Earnhardt in 1987 to have two stretches in a season of back-to-back-to-back victories. Right. And you know what happened in 87? He won his title, second one. He did. You're right. So So I guess NBC had this wrong because their their graphic on the screen had 2,398 laps led this season, most since 1995, Jeff Gordon. Okay. But you're referring to the number of races or the some... The, the playoff format or, I'm or referring that's a, that's maybe, a long time. It, it maybe was 95. I thought I it saw, was. or I th- I'm sorry. I thought it was Oh one. Uh, maybe it was 95. So there was something about Oh one. There was something about Oh one. I forget. Anyway, let's not get in the weeds. I think that was when they went to the 36 race schedule. Mm. Backs to Texas. Let's back up just a little bit. Cause we never really reviewed Texas. John yeah. Hunter Nemechek wins in the 54, the Xfinity race, not the truck race. Uh, in the cup race, Larson won. He locked his uh, championship four spot in there. Uh, as Andrew alluded to, not too much excitement there. Kansas, we, Gibbs wins in the 54. I'm so excited to see what the, that young man's going to do with so a full schedule. can I schedule. ask Travis a question? Go right ahead. Do they do the chase for the owners as well? Yes. I wonder who's in that 54 for Phoenix. I believe it's John Hunter Nemechek. Interesting. I he believe. Because they, th- that car will win the title. I, I, I mean, but they, what they, they've had 10 wins with five different drivers? Yeah. So here's an interesting thing, too. So Ty Gibbs wins the Xfinity race. He starts the ARCA race on Saturday night at Kansas and locks up that championship. Wow, wow. Quite a talent. Yeah. All right. So as you mentioned, lots of trouble for playoff drivers in both the Xfinity and the Cup Series at Kansas. Except for the top two in Xfinity. Sendrick and Almendinger and Allgaier do advance, or they're they're still in the top four anyway. Uh, Burton Gragson wreck. Um, you've got a question written here. Should non-playoff drivers be penalized? Well, there's I'll, been a lot of talk, right? No, it's it's a race. They're all out there together racing around. But so. but you know the Sam May. So he, he, here's maybe a bigger question I want to ask. Sam Mayer makes a mistake. Right, Sam I get Mayer's it. made a lot of mistakes. I know, but Ma- Sam right. Mayer makes a mistake. In both open wheel series, they have a penalty for avoidable contact. Does NASCAR need to put that in, or do we love rubbing his racing? Because here's the downside of it. That's why I'm asking. Well, I think I think in open hill open wheel racing, a rub can be. It's much it, more it, catastrophic. It, it, yes. I, I get it. Yes, that that is. It can but if be you uh, if, if you go into a breaking zone and lock a tire up and hit a guy, just an honest mistake. No, they penalize you. Well, that, no, I don't. I don't think so. Should, I think that's should, should Sam Mayer have been penalized? I think that if it's avoidable, which that was, something should have been done. Is that, I mean, he's is that done subjective that. or is that objective? Are you saying that, that's avoidable? well? That's where it gets no, tricky. It What's was, avoidable contact? That was completely avoidable. We weren't in the car. Yeah. Trust that's, right. We weren't in the car. So no, no, you no. Can't, I can, you me. can say trust me, but I wasn't in the car. I wasn't at the track. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say that you could have. So would you penalize Austin Dillon? Travis, 
That was avoidable. He didn't have to drive that sucker down in there. But he got loose. I I can't say that I wouldn't have gotten loose. Dylan got loose, but if you go back and look at the replay of the eight, it's ridiculous. Like So, well, here's the thing. I like the concept of this idea, but Michael's right in the administration of it. You go down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So the best way, and it's the way NASCAR's always done it, is to not get into it. Because if they penalize Mayer and don't penalize Dylan, what is everybody talking about yesterday? Right? right. The inconsistency. What does everybody hate about the strike zone in baseball? What does everybody hate about holding and pass interference in the NFL? Right? Well, it was on that play and it wasn't on this play. Don't get in the way of that NASCAR. You just, this is part of racing. Mm -hmm. And I know, you, you know, Michael, you've talked about it, where there's no other sport where somebody else's mistake costs you your race. Mm-hmm. But I don't think NASCAR wants to be in the position of administering. It's just, it is what it is. That's just yeah. they they know what they're signing up for. They know that's the chance you take, and that's you know that's part of what makes it unique, I guess. Uh, so this past weekend, Cup as you mentioned, Larson wins again, uh, and he really earned it. Harvick was strong, and I watched the last 60, 70 laps of that. Harvick was gained, just couldn't get around him. I guess the, well, the tires that, fell off a little bit, and then you had nope. Elliott coming up behind it's, him. And, it's the five fifty package at a mile and a half. You well, got a right up on his bumper. He, I mean, right, but close. you get five good laps of racing because sure. you've got a guy pushing you. Yeah, you've got a third car in the mix. But if it is two cars, you cannot pass the leader. You can't do it. It happened at Texas. It happened at Kansas. It's happened at every mile and a half. If well, whoever is the leader five laps after a restart is not going to get passed unless they put it in the fence. I do think a lesser driver. In the five car at that moment, I think Harvard would have found a way to get around. Maybe. Yeah. And you you could put the bumper to him, and I get... But it didn't matter. Look at all four races. You could not pass the leader without having somebody pushing you from behind. All right. Martinsville. Hold on. Or not. I want to go back to Xfinity for a second, because I have a question for, for both of you. So, we saw that there was a restart, and Noah Gregson and Harrison Burton got into a scuffle. Both of them had flat tires. So my question to you is, should NASCAR, if you're involved in an incident, should NASCAR award the guys involved in an incident a set of tires? Or is it you shouldn't have gotten in a wreck and now you're a set of tires down? Nope, they don't get a set of tires. I think Steve Letarte nailed it. And Michael, you can disagree, but, but Steve said if you start to give them here... When do you give them there? Yes. What happens if you put it in the fence and you claim some guy put you there? Yeah. Like that, I I think it starts to be a real slippery slope. You know how many tires you have. And as a crew chief, you need to plan for the fact that you might have to be short on some. So, what would you do in those cases? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Now, if there's seven or eight, if there's a tire issue, then they give everybody a new set. My only caveat to that is if there's debris on the racetrack. And somebody runs over it, then I think that's the only situation Maybe. where you should award a set of tires. But just because they got involved in a wreck, absolutely not. That it was avoidable. Yeah, and even the debris gets difficult. If it's an obvious piece of debris and a single car hits it, but if it's part of, if it's debris that happens as part of an accident, I don't think you award some and not others. Yeah, I agree. I, I think with it's you. really hard. I agree with you. So I like that they don't do that anymore. Yeah. All right, Martinsville. Triple header. Triple header, final race in the round of eight. For everybody. For everybody. You got trucks on Saturday, Xfinity on Saturday, Cup on Sunday. I don't know what we're going to see, but I do know 
that these three point battles are as tight as they can get. And one well around the cutoff, around the cutoff, right? And one mistake is going to put somebody in all three series out of the playoffs, whether it's a cut tire, a loose wheel, uh, getting into the back of somebody, a chain reaction, a brake failure, whatever it is, there's going to be somebody that's battling for a championship that's not going to make it because of a mistake. Yeah, and it may not be their own. No. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to go... Let's go series by series, I think, right? Pick race winner and then who advances. Is that the best way? That sure. sounds good. All right, Travis, what you got for the truck race? All right. So, truck race winner, I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. And my final four are going to be Nemechek, Rhodes, Stuart Friesen. Oh. And... And that would be big for that team. It would be huge for that team. And somebody from GMS. Sheldon Creed, probably. Sheldon Creed, yeah. Zane Smith's 40 back. Yeah. So those are my four. Andrew? God, I'd love to pick the 88 to win the race. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the two advances by the win, okay. Creed, and then I think as much as I'd like freezing, I think the top four going in are going to be the top four coming out. Okay. So that's Nemechek, Rhodescraft, and, and Creed. Nemechek and Rhodes are really good on points so if they get any kind of stage points they'll be all right if creed wins the race and then crafton's 10 up and he's really good at this place so unless something catastrophic happens i don't see freezing leapfrogging crafton and then smith hosevar and smith they just they're too far back yeah they're too far back we got okay Michael. so you need a winner and a, and a final four that's yep. right all right i'm gonna go with uh, matt crafton to win uh he's got had a great history at martinsville the final four uh, Nemechek, Rhodes, Creed, and Crafton because he's going to win the way it sits right now. All right. All right. So let's talk Xfinity. Travis, what you got? I'm going to go. My Xfinity winner is going to be Allgaier. Damn it. I was going to take Allgaier. And <laughs> Allgaier, Sendrick, Almondinger, and boy, who gets in from that? From the- Well, you can't. Then you're not going to get Gregson Jones and Burton if you said that Elgar is winning. No. So is it Hemrick or Haley? I'm going Hemrick. Okay. I am going to take... Oh, I want to take the eight team. It's not going to happen. I think the nine does it. I think the nine boots everybody out of the way. And I took Michael's pick, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you did, but that's all right. So I'm going to say it's the nine, the 22, the 16. I think the seven has trouble, and I think I'm going to pick the 18. Okay. So who'd you pick to win? Gregson? Yeah. All right, so did I. But my second pick will, there will be, who'd you pick? Uh, I picked Allgaier. Allgaier. I'll just go with uh, Harrison Burton because he's won there before. Okay. So that would make my Ooh, that'd be four. that'll shake it up too, man. Oh, sure boy. will. All right, so my final four, that would be Harrison Burton. I think Almondinger will be there. I think Allgaier will find a way to get in. And I think uh, Gregson will get in also because I think he So Cendric's out. Sure. Wow. That would be huge. He's, had... he's going to wreck. Somebody's going to wow. wreck Wow. That's huge. I don't okay. think Kevin Harvick's in this race. I'm just... <laughs> something interesting. Yeah, I know. Something no. crazy. No, it was a dig at Kevin Harvick. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm just... People re- like rewind. What do you say? All right. I, I send it. Cup. I will make it. I just... What you got there, Travis? Make it interesting. <sighs> this is tough. Don't kill me, Andrew. Elliot's going to win. Ooh. I. Uh, okay, I wasn't going to pick him. Elliot's going to win the race. So it's going to be Larson, 
Hamlin, Elliot, and... I, Bush, Blaney, or Truex? Or Keselowski. They're all within six points. You know, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in any of them. I'm going to go with Blaney. Okay. I am going to say Martin Truex Jr. wins the race. Okay. Did I take it again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I'll back. I'll let you no, have go Truex. Ahead. No, 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 no. Because no. I, I was between. I was a toss up between him and the eleven. So I'm going to say Hamlin will win the race. The five and nineteen will point. Well, the fives are locked in. The nine will point his way in. God, I want to say the two is going to do it. I just don't think he's going to do it. You think Harvest's going to take Elliott out? No, I don't. No, you think it's over? Par- I hope it's over because they'll park him. Yeah, good. They will park. him. All right. I hope not. I'm gonna go Kyle Busch. So I'm going to say the top four stay the top four, which I know is not going out on a limb much. All right. My winner, as uh, alluded to already, Truex Jr. And I think that uh, Larson, I don't think that. I know Larson's going to be in the final four. He's locked in already with the win. So I make it Larson, Truex, Elliott, and Hamlin, my final four. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. right, So I don't know what we're going to see. I really don't. The only thing I know is that that last stage, actually the whole race on Sunday, is going to be must-see TV. Is it 125, 125, 250 again, Travis? Uh, 130, 130, 240. So it's almost an Xfinity race for the last stage. Yeah. So Which I like because there's a green flag stop in there. Unless there's 1,400 cautions. Well, but yeah, I mean, theoretically, right. yes. you yes. know that you know, somebody can't get out front at the end of stage two and win the race by never pitting again. Right, right. So Saturday, truck race, 1 o'clock on FS1. Cup race, I'm, I'm sorry, Xfinity race, 6 o'clock on NBCSN. That's going to start under the lights. Yes, it is. And then on Sunday, the cup race, uh, green flag shortly after 2 o'clock on NBC. That'll be finishing at sunset. Yeah, I don't think they'll, unless it's cloudy, which it's not supposed to be, I don't think you'll see the lights come on. And I want to say that Matt Beamer will be joining us this weekend from Rambling About Racing. Yes, he I'm will. Give him yep. a shout out. They actually talked about us a lot on their last show. Yeah. And uh, we, we appreciate that. And so Matt will be coming up, and we've been looking forward to this. His, his wife was going to join him, but then uh, he went and got her pregnant. Uh, so she's going to stay home and because they've got a baby due coming up, not, I think January or February. So we understand why she's wanting to take it easy, but we're still glad, glad that Matt's going to come and we're going to have a, have a big time up there in the hills of, of Virginia. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. We've got yes, 17 sir. people going. We sure do. Yeah. And it's next week, party. it is going to be a good time. And next week for, uh, our show, as I was trying to say, we don't have a guest. Next week is significant, boys. but... We're going to have some fun talking about not only the championship race, but we're going to be talking about how we might shake up the playoffs, get to that topic Michael hasn't wanted to cover because it's... Oh, a, I've covered it. But it's... I've, a, I mean... But I, we'll, we might try to come up with some it. solutions. They were talking about it on uh, NASCAR this morning. Yeah. Same topic. Get up some solutions to that. What our perfect chase might... Or perfect playoff races might be. Because I think with... You know, this weekend notwithstanding, the last two weeks have been underwhelming to say the least. Mm-hmm. You know what next week is too, boys? Next week is our one year anniversary. It is show. our one year anniversary show. Yeah. Yep. What you getting me? Uh, you take me out paper. To is least? it first anniversary paper? A good show is what I'm going to get you. 
So anyway, we're we're Got that rambling. Covered. So hot shot. Uh, anyway, we're gonna be in Martinsville this weekend. If you're there, look for us. Say hi. Blue um, Ridge Tower. Yep. Section M. Blue Ridge Tower. We'll be there. Six fifty seven. We'll have our blind spotting attire on. Come say hey to Clay. Yep. And enjoy the racing from Martinsville this weekend. If you can, if you can't be there, watch it on television. And we will join you next week for another episode of Blind Spotting. For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast the ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the 